Today's episode is sponsored by an upcoming movie called If. We don't go to the theater a lot as a family, mostly because it's tough to find a movie we're all going to like, but If is one of those movies. It comes out in theaters May 17th. I saw the trailer the other day, and we ended up watching the trailer multiple times to check out all the different imaginary friends that are in it. Some of them are what you would think an imaginary friend would be like, a nice-looking monster, kind of. But other ones are so random, like this one that's a knight and one's a dragon and one is just a banana. And it gets wilder, too, but I'm not going to spoil it all for you. The movie is about this girl who can see imaginary friends, and she goes on this magical adventure to reconnect forgotten imaginary friends with their kids. I know me and my kids are going to enjoy going to the theater for this one, and the cast has tons of our favorite performers like Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Maya Rudolph, Matt Damon, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Emily Blunt. John Krasinski wrote the movie inspired by his own kids' imagination to be funny and exciting for all ages. It looks like a real slam dunk. The movie If releases in theaters May 17th, and we are totally going, so check it out. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Kid Stories Podcast. I'm Phil Bechtel. Let's get on to some shout-outs. Isla is about to turn eight years old. Happy birthday, Isla. I hope for your birthday you get a magic lesson from Hummus Wrinklesmith and a mouse that tells the future and a pocket watch that can hypnotize people and a tiny little dragon that your future-telling mouse can ride on and a big bucket of goofballs. If you were a character in the story, you'd be a mouse talker who has the strange ability to talk to and control every mouse in the world. Thanks for listening, Isla. And Max from Milford, Delaware is a super fan with great story ideas. Max, I think if you were a character in the stories, you would be an electric ninja who can turn into electricity and disappear or reappear anywhere like a flash of lightning. Thanks for listening, Max. Today's episode is titled Maxo Strikes Part 4, and I want to again thank Milo and June for helping to create such a great series. Max carried the shrunken red dragon under his arm and into the nearby cave. He was trying to lure Maxo in after him, thinking that Maxo would come after his red dragon, and it worked. June and Milo rushed in after Maxo, and the other three dragons had to stay outside since they couldn't fit into the cave entrance. Those dragons began looking all around the little mountain for another entrance into the tunnels. Unfortunately, aside from rushing into the caves carrying this little dragon, Max didn't have much of a plan. He knew that eventually he'd have to turn and face Maxo. He just hoped that Milo and June were going to be able to help. The siblings rushed in behind Maxo, trying their best to keep up. Maxo ran holding his staff and his wizard robe flapped all around him as he chased Max. Milo began shooting arrows ahead at Maxo while he was running. He aimed for his staff, hoping that he could knock it out of Maxo's hand. All this would be much easier if he didn't have that staff. And normally Milo is an expert shot, but shooting a bow and arrow while running, targeting only a staff held by someone who was also running, was quite difficult. Milo's arrows whipped past Maxo as he ran. Maxo spun around and faced Milo and June. 
Before the siblings could react, Maxo stabbed his staff out in front of him, and a wall of stone shot up from the ground, creating a barrier between them. Maxo turned and continued his chase of Max. Milo pushed the stone wall and tried to find a space around it where they could squeeze through. Stand back, said June. She pointed her wand at the stone wall and squinted while she channeled her magical powers out in front of her. The stone wall began changing colors from brown to red to blue and finally purple. You made it purple? asked Milo, wondering how this was going to help. I made it delicious, said June. She stepped forward and reached out to the wall. She grabbed a chunk of the stone and pulled it out. It looked wobbly and wet. June took a bite, and Milo did the same. You made it a gummy snack? said Milo. June nodded, with a mouthful of purple gummy. We should probably try and catch up, said Milo. June nodded again. Milo swallowed and walked back a few steps. Then he ran straight for the wall, lowered his shoulder, and rammed right through the gummy snack wall. It stretched and Milo broke through easily, leaving a big, kid-sized opening that June followed through. Meanwhile, Max was becoming exhausted, running from Maxo while carrying the red dragon. It was small but heavy, and the scales kept poking into his side. He was drenched in sweat and struggling to keep up the pace. Max stumbled into a large room, and before he could find a way out, Maxo caught up to him. Stop right there, Max, he yelled, and drop my dragon. Max slowly turned around to see Maxo, standing across the room pointing his staff at him. He had no choice. He set the dragon down, put his hands up, and slowly backed away. Oh no, Max, you're not going anywhere, said Maxo. You could have joined me, you know but you chose to team up with some kids and goody-two-shoes dragons. You're going to regret that, Max. A bright beam then shot from Maxo's staff, but it didn't hit Max. It hit the little red dragon. Max fell backward with surprise as his brother's magical power surged into this little dragon, making it bigger and bigger. Max was shocked. He never would have guessed that Maxo was powerful enough to bigify something without a potion. Max scooted away to the wall of the room, hoping to find a way out before the dragon reached full size. Maxo, stop! He's too big! He, he can't fit in here! yelled Max. But Maxo was crazed and wild, and magical energy continued to flow from his staff into the dragon, and it grew and grew and grew, and the dragon turned in the room, twisting its body as it had less and less space to move. Max revealed his wand and rushed Maxo. He knew if his brother continued growing the dragon, it would soon outgrow the tunnels and cause a cave-in. Max thrust his wand forward and projected a magic blast to Maxo, but it was too late. The red dragon grew so large that his scaly back and wings pressed up into the ceiling of the room. The stone above cracked and broke. Huge chunks of the mountain above fell to the ground with loud booms, and Max dodged and dove out of the way. Maxo then realized the chaos he caused. He stopped bigifying the red dragon and backed away. Maxo looked up and saw the entire mountain above crack and break apart and come crashing down. Milo and June, as they rushed to help, began hearing the incredibly loud sound of stones breaking apart. 
The rumbling and booming echoed down the tunnels, and they made it to the room just in time to see the whole thing come crashing down. Milo and June rushed right to Maxo, who was still trying to dodge falling rocks. June held up her wand, creating an invisible force field around her, Milo, and Max just as the mountain came crashing down on top of them. Minutes later, after everything settled, June, Milo, and Max crawled out from the rubble. Dust filled the room and they could see sunlight pouring in from where the ceiling had collapsed. They heard a moaning, like a low growl. A huge pile of broken stones covered the red dragon almost completely. The three followed the low growling sounds and found the red dragon's head poking out from beneath large fallen stones. We have to help him, said Milo, as he tried to push the big rocks off the red dragon. But the stones were much too heavy to be moved. June zapped the stone with her wand, turning it into a gummy snack. Milo pushed it off the red dragon's head and it bounced away onto the floor. Did you just turn that rock into a gummy snack? asked Max. Yep, answered June. They're pretty tasty. Max and Milo continued pushing stones off the red dragon as fast as June could turn them into gummies. Periodically, the red dragon would instinctively snap at them, but then he would lay his head back down. He was injured, and in quite a bit of pain. Even when all the stones were removed from the dragon, and the room around them was filled with giant purple gummy snacks, the red dragon did not get up. Is he all right? asked June in a panic. She rushed up to his head. He he's still breathing. What do we do? Milo had no experience saving dragons and simply shrugged. Max reached into his coat. Here, take these. Pour them on any injuries you see. They're just simple healing potions made for humans, but maybe they'll help. Max handed Milo and June each a few glass vials of clear liquid. They walked all around the injured dragon, finding places where the falling stones had caused serious injury. They poured the healing potions onto the injuries and gathered back up near the red dragon's head. His eyes were barely open, and he looked upon Milo, June, and Max. Minutes went by, and the red dragon seemed to be taking deeper breaths. His heavy breathing stirred up dust, and his belly rose and fell up and down as he appeared to be improving. Okay, he looks like he's doing better, said Milo. Maybe now we... Before Milo could finish, a voice rang out. Maybe now you'll what, kid? They turned to see Maxo crawling out from some rubble nearby. Maybe now you'll regret ever challenging me, that's what, said Maxo. Fireballs shot from his wand, and Milo, June, and Max all scattered in different directions, hiding behind giant chunks of gummy snacks. Hiding behind the gummies worked well for a bit, but then they began melting, and the smell was awful. They struggled to find space or time to fight back against Maxo as balls of flame continued to rain down upon them. Finally, Milo spun out from behind a huge pile of melting gummy snack, and he pulled an arrow back in his bow, targeting the staff once again. But just as his fingers were about to release the arrow, he held it tight. He watched as the red dragon lifted his head up off the ground and snapped his enormous jaws, breaking Maxo's magical staff into hundreds of pieces. 
Before Maxo could protest, the red dragon stood all the way up and knocked Maxo to the ground, pressing him against the wall with his huge dragon snout. Red dragon, what, what, what are you doing? No, 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 attack them, yelled Maxo. We saved him, said Milo. He won't attack us. And the red dragon blew smoke from its snout, and its throat glowed red as if it were about to breathe fire on Maxo. Maxo put his hands up in the air to submit. You treated him so bad, added June. He nearly perished under all that rubble. You didn't even give him a name, continued Milo. Maxo said nothing, afraid that anything, he said, would provoke the red dragon into attacking him. The evil wizard simply grumbled and awaited his fate. A voice from above said, You should be nicer to dragons. They all looked up and saw Eugene, Shade, and Sheila looking down through the big holes in the top of the mountain. After the heroes climbed out of the crumbled mountain, the citizens of Hampshire came out from their hiding places to thank June, Milo, and the others. They asked what would become of Maxo and the Red Dragon. The Red Dragon is no longer a threat, said Milo. He's going to Dragon Island to heal for a while and maybe to live. And Maxo is going to Dragon Island for a while too, said June. He'll be doing a lot of work there to repay his debts. The protectors and the other dragons there will keep a close eye on him. Maxo glared at June, but said nothing. Thanks for your help, Max said to the kids. Thanks for your help, June replied. We couldn't have done it without you. Yes, yes, teamwork and all that, said Eugene. Now we need to get these two to Dragon Island. I'm sure we'll see you again. Eugene and the others all lifted off into the air, heading to Dragon Island. Milo and June went off to a nearby meadow and continued their training. The End Thanks for listening, friends. You can find a drawing of the map that they made of Hampshire Island by clicking on the link in the show notes. And if you draw a map, I'd love for you to share it with me at kidsstoriespodcast at gmail.com. Adios.